Welcome to another episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. Let's wrap up the book of Helaman and go over chapter uh, chapter 16 of Helaman. So in this chapter, the Nephites who believe Samuel leave the city, go find Nephi, who's kind of out in the wilderness and are baptized. And the rest of them think, you know what would be a great idea is if we didn't just like ignore this guy we don't like, but instead we kill him. That's a great idea. We should do that. So they start hucking rocks at him, arrows, and they can't hit him. And Samuel, uh, they were angry at the words of Samuel. They cast stones at him. Also many shot arrows. Uh, and so much they could not hit him with their stones, neither with their arrows. And they saw they could not hit him. They, many more did believe on his words. And so much they went away and uh, unto Nephi and were baptized. So some good came out of that. that because some of them were like, oh, okay, yeah, that's... Definitely. That's for sure. He's a prophet then. What he said is true. If I can't hit him with this arrow, I'm such a good shot. There's no way I just missed. Just kidding. But yeah, so they see this miracle and it changes them. Um, about uh, divine protection. This uh, So the first part of this comes from the Institute Manual. And then I'm going to get into a quote from Elder Hales. It says, The protection Samuel received while he delivered his message of repentance is not unusual. The scriptures include several examples of prophets who were threatened, uh, but whose lives were miraculously guarded so they could complete their missions. Consider the following examples. Uh, Noah was preserved. Abraham was preserved. Lehi also. Uh, Nephi from his brothers. Um, And Abinadi. Think about Abinadi saying, you can't touch me yet because I haven't finished delivering my message yet. And so they are afraid of him. He delivers his message and then they were able to kill Abinadi. So, in the, you know, in, in some of the, like Lehi was protected and never was, was killed by, by the people. Same with, you know, Abraham and with Nephi, but Abinadi, he, his divine protection had its, was, was limited, but it was the same limits as everyone else's to, to deliver the message once the message is delivered, then they can do with them with them what they will. Uh, you know, Nephi probably could have been killed by his brothers at certain points, but when he needed to be protected, he was, and so that then they had a chance to repent and change their mind. And then when they got to a point where that wasn't going to be the case, that they would repent and not kill him, he just bounced right and left. Sometimes Lord's servants eventually lose their life, but not until, as Abinadi declared, they have, quote, delivered the message which the Lord sent them to deliver. So now Elder Hells, he said, Prophets of all dispensations have willingly put their lives on the line and with courage have done the will of the, and proclaimed the word of God. Let us follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ and his prophets, past and present. It may not be required of us to give our lives as martyrs, as did many of the prophets, what is required is our obedience to the Lord's commandments and our faithfulness to the covenants we have made with him. And I think it was Elder Ballard that said, and it might have even been Elder Hales, but once said, we are not asked, we will likely not be asked to give our life for the gospel, but we are asked to live our life for that same cause. And so as we do that, there, the Lord has his, his plan, right? But I can tell you this. As we are worthy of the Spirit, and as we repent, because as we've just talked about this week in previous episodes, and as we studied in chapter 13, repentance is protection. 
And that as we are doing that and repenting, and as we are a penitent people and a penitent person, the Lord will grant us his divine protection. Because repentance is that divine protection. We may die like Abinadi. Who's to say? I don't know. Maybe people will persecute and we will be killed and we won't. Or maybe it's not even being persecuted. Maybe it's that we want protection from just the the natural consequences of mortality. And But accidents happen and, and people are, are hurt and die. And if we're thinking that that's the protection we're going to get and or that, that our loved ones were, are going to get, and then when something like that happens, it, it can be devastating to our testimony because it, it, it rocks what we thought was was the protection. But when we have the right outlook and we understand that the divine that divine protection is not always physical protection, then we can know with a surety that we are at all times protected as we are uh, as we turn to the Lord. Because we may our physical body may give up the ghost, we may die. Something terrible may happen to us or a loved one. But if we are on the Lord's path. And if we are a penitent people and a penitent person, we will be um, protected from the eternal dangers that lurk around us, from the eternal marks on our soul that Satan is constantly trying to put on us, from his fiery darts. So we can't see those fiery darts, right? We can be that. We can be. We could be. Uh, what's that? The CrossFit champion thriving, healthy person with no physical health problems, but be getting hit every single day by the fiery darts of the adversary that we can't see, but in the long run are doing way more damage than if we had stage whatever, three cancer or whatever. If you know what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that if our physical health was terrible. But what matters is the protection that the Lord offers, this divine protection that Elder Hells talks, talked about and implored us to receive by following the uh, the commandments and the keeping uh, our covenants, that divine protection is, is spiritual in nature. So in chapter 16, as we continue, uh, Helaman, or Helaman, man, I'm really struggling to call Samuel by his name. Samuel ends up leaving, jumping down, running away. They never see him again. He... Again, I've mentioned this in the first episode this week. It's he warned he with he has withdrawn, and now there's a waiting period where you're either going to choose the right, right. And there's a couple of years here between when he bounces and runs away. Uh, I mean, there's five or so years between when he prophesied to them and when the signs of Christ coming happen. So in that time, there's going to be a lot of carnal security. Like, okay, nothing's happened, nothing's changed, our city's fine. You know, maybe after a year, you're kind of on edge. And then after another year, you're just like, yeah, that guy was crazy. That's the way the Lord works though with us, is he gives us an an inspiration, a direction. He gives us the spirit and he says, here's the action I want you to take. Withdraw. Now are you going to do it? And if you do it, he's going to trust you with more knowledge and light. This ties in beautifully with our last week's talk about Nephi and how he had declared with unweariness and he had kept the commandments with unweariness. When the Lord had said to him, do this thing, Nephi did that thing with no hesitation. As uh, President 
Monson once said, when the Lord commands, do it. That's what Nephi did. And then eventually the Lord trusted him completely and said, I know that you won't do anything I don't want you to do because you've sought my voice. You are so aligned with my will. And how do you become aligned with his will? It's by, over time, little by little, doing this, doing that, as he says, right? But if we're people like the people in in, uh, Zarahemla, get lulled into carnal security and think, oh, well, okay, nothing's happened. Okay, we're okay. And now year four comes along, you're like, okay, nothing's happened. And then year five comes along, you're like, oh, remember that guy? He said it was supposed to happen. It hasn't happened yet. So uh, I don't ever want to hear about that again. And what they go, they want to go kill everybody. But I'm not saying that we're going to, we fall into, we're going to go kill someone, but we we can get so lost that now it's hard to, to hear the voice of the Lord. It's hard to hear him as President Nelson has so implored us, especially this year. And being able to hear him is those little, it's those little um, choices every day that we make. Uh, another interesting thing from chapter 16 is that they start to ascribe the, to the power of the devil. They say, before he leaves, they say, we can't hit him because he has the power of the devil. So they could more believe that it was Satan than they could believe that it was God. Why? Because it was easier it didn't require them to change. If it's Satan saying that, saying, hey, you need to change, then they're like, oh, we don't want to listen to Satan. But if it's God, that becomes a lot more difficult. And then they start to excuse all of the things. They start to see signs. And they start to excuse everything that they've seen. And they start to make it to just, oh, here's what they say. The Lamanites began to depend on their own strength and upon their own wisdom, saying, some things they may have guessed right among so many. But behold, we know that all these great and marvelous works cannot come to pass, which has been spoken. And they began to reason and contend among themselves, saying, It is not reasonable that such a being as a Christ shall come. If so, he shall be the Son of God. And if he be the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, as it has been spoken, why will he not show himself unto us as well as to them that shall be at Jerusalem? So they start to use their logic. And this is a dangerous thing because... We we're, we're meant to, to learn from the best books and we need to use our mind, right? And the Lord says, don't ask me without thinking. Think things through. But if we start to use too much reason and too much worldly wisdom, it can be dangerous. They, they reasoned among themselves and uh, they said, it's not reasonable that such a being shall come. And the other thing that's dangerous that they said, that's interesting to me, is they said, it's they know that these things can't happen. Well, how can they know that they can't happen? This is, man, just echoes and shades of Korahor from chapter 30 of Alma. He says, I, there, you say that there's a Christ, I know that there's not a Christ. You can't know that. And rather than seeing the miracles right in front of them, they just say, ah, oh, that's a lucky guess. Rather than seeing that the prophet and apostles of, um, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints warned of the dangers of pornography 20 years ago, Long before there was a lot of, I mean, there was, there was, granted, there was some research then, but the body of research that has come out since then is, is massive. And so you could say, ah, they, the, those guys, those old guys back in 2000, in the early 2000s just guessed right. No, they were led by God. And now man and science and things are catching up to that. And we're seeing the dangers of pornography as an, as a, for example, right? And so, uh, as we listen to the prophet's voice, as we listen to the apostle's voice, 
are we thinking, eh, that just sounds like good advice? And that's, that sounds like something that's like good. Maybe they guessed right on that. And we might not use that word, right? We might not say they guessed right. But are we saying, oh, that sounds like just good advice? Or are we saying, this is coming from God to us? As we study the Book of Mormon and read the principles in here, are we saying, oh, that seems like good stuff? Or are we recognizing that Mormon and Moroni said, I've seen you and your dam putting this to God has driven me and guided me to put this book together for you in your day, your family, not the, and not even just the royal we, royal you, you specifically, other end of the podcast, listener, me specifically, Jarrett Webster. And like I said, we might not say those words that they guessed right, or uh, it's not reasonable, but are, but are we ascribing it to the power of man on accident even? And their wisdom, like, you know, Elder Holland's a great orator. He's got a lot of ability and we, he's, but his power comes from because he's an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ who's been set apart, who has power from God. That's where his good advice comes from. Not because he's such, not because he's a good order. That helps. It helps him in delivering it, obviously. Um, the other thing that's interesting to me is that is the Nephites and the Lamanites saying, why is he going to show us, us, himself unto us? It seems that they've lost the prophecies because Nephi and Alma have prophesied that, and many of I don't know, more more than just them had prophesied that Christ was going to appear to them in their land after after his resurrection. Alma chapter sixteen they says that they've lost they lost that they lost this they lost the record they weren't studying the words of the previous prophets. Because otherwise they wouldn't have said, well, why is he going to show himself to them and not us? He's going to show himself to you. That's a ridiculous objection. And then, and, and, uh, and for, so I, to, to, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here, just trying to grab my thoughts. To apply that to us in our day, go back to what I was saying about our prophets and apostles now. Are we studying their words so that questions that we have may just go away because we can go and we can say, oh, President Nelson in 2019 said this. Oh, in 2018, President Eyring said this thing. And if we study their words, and as Elder President President Oaks said uh, in just this last conference, if we study their words and if we know the plan of salvation, most of the questions that we have will be answered. These people here in the Nephites in Helaman chapter 16, their, their questions could have been, been answered had they listened to the prophets and studied the prophets, the previous prophets. So this sets us up for, um, you know, third Nephi coming up and the Lord's going to be born uh, in chapter one. So as we study next week and Things start to happen really rapidly throughout what is Christ's mortal ministry while he's in Jerusalem. The There's a lot that happens to the Nephites and Lamanites uh, as we start to study and move into our study next week. And next week we'll do the first seven chapters of Third Nephi. Unfortunately, that means we're not going to get to chapter 8 next week. But what I would invite you to do is this week as you study, write down the specific test, uh, prophecies of, of uh, Samuel. 
and see if not if next week you can't find the fulfillment of all of those prophecies, at least for the birth of Christ. Uh, like I said, most of the prophecies surrounding his death come in 3 Nephi chapter 8, but uh, I invite you to do that. The other thing, as I mentioned previously, is I invite you to ask yourself, why did Mormon include the words of Samuel the Lamanite? Why or how do the words of Samuel the Lamanite fulfill the purpose of the Book of Mormon to show unto the house of Israel what great things the Lord has done for them, to show them the covenants and remind them of the covenants, and to convince them that Jesus is the Christ, and to convince the world that Jesus is the Christ. I invite you to ask those questions and, and as you study and as you pray this week, and then take note of what the Lord teaches you for you in your life um, and how it can apply to you. Uh, because... I can testify that as I have done that this week and as I sought for answers, and I'll even tell you this, what I sh- some of the things I shared this week uh, were on the fly, changes that were coming to me that were answers to some of my questions, um, specifically surrounding repentance and sur- surrounding uh, what we can individually do and that, that path of repentance that we, we talked about in chapter 15. Um. And so I can tell you that as you study with that type of, and it doesn't have to be that question. You have to do what I say. I'm just inviting you. But I do know that as you study with that type of question, the Lord will answer you and will tell you specifically uh, things that you can do in your life and for your family. I appreciate you listening and for your participation with me. Um, I love doing this. It's, It's great to study the scriptures and feel like I'm studying them with other people. And so I really appreciate you. Thank you for your uh, devotion and your your testimonies. Enjoy this week's study, and I hope to uh, catch you next week as we start 3rd Nephi.